everyone. Praise the Lord. It's so good to see all of you here on a Wednesday night. It's midweek and happy to be here. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to just give honor to Pastor Knowles. It's Pastor Appreciation Month this month of October. And we appreciate our pastor. I'm not sure where I would be without uh, the shepherd, man of God, that has been our lives. So make sure he knows how much you appreciate him, him and Sister Kathleen. We love you all. Put so much, invested so much into this church. I, we, we wouldn't be here without them. So um, I want to tell you a story to start off. It's a little bit embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you. Some, of, some people got to see it firsthand, but I was one of the poor souls who fell off of an electric scooter accident last year in downtown St. Louis during NAYC. It's okay to laugh. It's kind of funny. Um, here's how it went down, literally. So it was a Wednesday afternoon. It was right before this huge conference. I was supposed to be at like right before we got to the NAYC. It was like all of the the youth committees got there on time. I was just so looking forward to it. But I had to run to Chase Bank and I went by myself. Big mistake. Um, I was maybe five blocks away. And since my first ride on said scooter the day before was relatively accident free, um, I confidently hopped on another one thinking, I got this. Long story short, I hit a bump in the pavement, I lost my balance, and I dove headfirst onto the sidewalk. And um, thankfully, my right hand went into overdrive, and it cushioned my fall instead of my helmetless head. Don't tell anyone. I had to, when you open up the app, it makes you sign a waiver that says, yes, I'm wearing a helmet, but we're pretty sure nobody was wearing a helmet, and nobody packed one to NAYC with them and was carrying it around downtown St. Louis. So anyway, lesson learned. I'm wiser now. God gave me two feet for a reason, and I'll be using those or Uber from now on for downtown transportation. So when I fell, my first thought was, get up and act like nothing happened. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the first, when you make, when you biff it really hard, the first thing you do is, like, just shake it off, right? Just don't let anybody see what happened to you. Um, and this worked initially, save a few construction workers who gasped in horror as I flew off my scooter. And um, I looked at them quickly, and I just said, oh, I'm all good, I'm all good, right before I saw blood enveloping my hand. And I could see the visible bones underneath where my knuckles were at. And so um, my construction friends had gone on their way. And it was in that moment that I felt this feeling that I couldn't really remember in a long time. But it was a flood of emotions that I can only describe as helpless. I looked around and didn't see anybody. And I knew I needed medical attention. And um, if I can be even more vulnerable, after the initial flush of embarrassment, I started feeling panicked. Like, oh my goodness, they're gonna have to amputate my arm, or it's gonna be a headline that's like, you know, Washington youth, you know, dies in scooter accident in downtown St. Louis. I mean, my mind went into overdrive, right? It, it just was dramatic. <laughs> it was dramatic. Um, but feeling helpless gives way to all kinds of imaginations. And what, I, what did I do in this moment? There was really only one option. I looked up and I found myself, I had fallen right in front of the St. Louis Health Department. And uh, granted, it wasn't the emergency room, but I surmised that a health department should have a first aid kit. So I ran inside, I quickly found aid in the form of two angels, or at least that's what they looked like to me. 
Um, and they bandaged my hand, they helped me get to the nearest clinic, and in the end I survived with some minor scars, a conspicuous bandage that I have for quite a while, and wounded pride. Um, I made it all the way to NYC, it was wonderful. But fast forward to 2020, and I feel like somewhere around March, I feel like I fell off of another scooter and it was COVID. You know, I just felt like so helpless in the middle of everything that was happening. And I don't know if it happened over like a series of weeks or months, but I started to get this feeling. I don't really know how to explain it. It was almost like something I was telling myself in my mind, even though I couldn't really put it into phrase, but I was telling myself, I feel so helpless. Like that was a phrase that kept coming to my mind whenever another issue came on the news or when I hear about the presidential election or when I hear about COVID or when I hear about all the injustice taking place, I feel so helpless. What can I do? Um, I don't feel like I have any um, ability to help in this situation. So um, I read a book, it's called Get Out of Your Head, Stopping the Spiral of Toxic Thoughts by Jenny Allen. And she said that the average person has anywhere from 7,000 to 30,000 thoughts a day. And of those, so many are negative thoughts that according to researchers, the vast majority of the illnesses that plague us today are a direct result of a toxic thought life. So the vast majority of the illnesses that plague our society today are a direct result of a toxic thought life. The majority of these negative thoughts we find though, however, especially in the Christian walk, are related to lies that we believe about ourselves. And psychiatrists and therapists today argue that there are three major lives that we can link almost every negative thought back to. So three lies, and these are the three. I am worthless, I am helpless, and I am unlovable. Almost every negative thought we think can be tied back to one of these principles of thinking about ourselves. And the truth is, is that every lie we believe about ourselves is linked back to a lie that we believe about God. So if I say I am helpless, what I'm really saying is that God cannot help me. When in fact, the scripture tells me something completely opposite. It tells me that God is my help. And so I want to just talk a little bit about that thought today. We are not helpless. We are not helpless. So I have this, maybe um, Danica, you could help me pass these out. I have some handouts that maybe you could just use as a resource for when you start um, thinking these thoughts. So maybe I could just open it up a little bit. What do you think is maybe a lie that comes to mind that can be linked back to this lie of I am helpless? Yes. Well, one is that I can do nothing correct. Ah, that's a very good one. I can do nothing correctly. Right? What's another one? What's another? Fail. Oh, I'm a failure. I might fail. Or I might fail. I might fail. Make other people upset. This will make other people upset, so I don't have any options, right? There's no, there's no options. Any other, any other things we might tell ourselves that we can link back to this idea of we are not help or we are helpless? Yes. I might embarrass myself. Yep. There's. Yes. It's too hard. Or oh yeah. Yes. Yes. That is a. I. I. I resonate with that one. This is too hard. Like literally in the middle of trying to cancel youth convention this year, I just said, God, this is too hard. <laughs> this.
too difficult. Yes? Our fear of failure would cause you to not even try. Not even try, exactly. It's this idea of like, I can't do it because I might mess up. And it, it links back to this very distinct, this distinct lie that I am helpless. So um, I recognized probably about a couple of months ago that I really feed off of this negative thought pattern. I really um, get to a place sometimes where I think, well, it's just hopeless. This is just a helpless situation. There's nothing that I can do um, and so forth. Did everybody get one? I might have extras. Everybody get one? And I started recognizing, wow, I've got to get a better understanding of where my help is coming from. And that word helpless has kind of two meanings. One can be to help oneself. So we're unable to help oneself. So I feel helpless, like I cannot do anything to help myself. Or deprived of strength or power, powerless, incapacitated. Thank you. Or I can't get any help. Ever been there? Like, man, I wish I could just get some help around here. Ever, anyone ever said that? You know, I just can't get no help, right? I think we've all probably been there at one point or another, one point or another. But when we turn to the word of God, this is where we really do find truth about who we are. And we have to be careful because when we say that we are helpless, what we're really telling God is that you cannot help me or we're not asking him for the help that we need. So I want to turn to Deuteronomy 33, 26 through 27. And just just so um, I can be transparent with you. I've been kind of chewing on this for about a month or so, just been really resonating with me personally. And I hope that it helps you tonight. Um, and just knowing that we have help and we are not helpless. We do not have to like cross our arms, sit on the ground and say it's over. And we also don't have to feel like I cannot make a difference or I cannot make an impact. That is totally contrary to what the word of God tells us. So here we go. Deuteronomy 33, 26 through 27. In the New King James Version, it says, There is no one like the God of Yeshurun, which is just a poetic way of saying Israel, who rides the heavens to help you. And in his excellency, excellency on the clouds, the eternal God is your refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy before you and will say, Destroy. I, the word help in this category, you see the picture, the poetic picture that God is riding on the heavens to come and help you. I know it's probably, it's a secular uh, uh, picture, but I really love J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. And if you've seen The Lord of the Rings, you know that every single battle sequence, it ends with almost about to die. Everybody is about to just perish at the hands of some evil. I mean, literally every single battle scene, you're just like, huh, you know, your, your teeth are just, you know, you're like, oh, are they going to survive? You know, everything is up against them. And right at the last minute, you know, Gandalf the White, you know, he just like comes flooding in, you know, and saves the day, right? And there's this idea that there is, there is this, this picture that Moses or the author of Deuteronomy is showing us is that when we call on God, when we ask him for help, he is ready and he is on his way. He is coming to help us. That's the picture that this is coming to our mind. And there's a lot of power in just that statement, I need help. Ever been around someone and they said, I really need your help? It's like something clicks when those words finally leave their mouth and you think, oh my goodness, I want to help you. 
But we oftentimes, we get caught up a lot of times in um, maybe not asking for help when we need it and not asking God to help us when we need it most. In Deuteronomy 22.9, it says, Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield, meaning a defensive weapon of your help, and the sword, an offensive weapon of your majesty. Your enemies shall submit to you, and you shall tread down their high places. This is literally saying that God is behind the scenes shielding us and helping us even when we don't even realize it. And then when an attack comes against us or something comes our way, he's a sword for us. He fights for us on on our behalf. I think we would be so amazed or we will be so amazed someday when we get to heaven and see what God has shielded us from, see what God has kept us from. It's amazing how we do not have to feel defeated and helpless as we walk through our lives and our Christian walk because he is helping us. I read a, um, a funny story from Sister Wanda Chavis. Um, she's Court Chavis's mom. Anybody know who Court Chavis is? He's a singer, and he's really famous because, or famous, I guess, in Pentecost because he wrote this song called Help Me, Help Me. It's a really powerful song. It talks about helping those in need. But one day his mom was sitting at home. She was just relaxing, and so she thought she'd call uh, or text her daughter-in-law, so Court Chavis's wife. And her daughter-in-law said, oh, yeah, our little girl, Sydney, she's so cute. She's learning how to sing, and she's, she's making these little videos, and it's so cute. And so Wanda, she said, well, what song is she singing? And then she went back to reading the newspaper. She's reading the newspaper. She looked at her, her phone, and all of a sudden she read the words, help me. <laughs> and she screamed. She got off. She goes, Jeff, her husband, she goes, we need to go. Get, um, get up. Amanda just texted me that something's wrong, and they need our help. <laughs> and Jeff said, he goes, he said, what is it? What did she say? And she goes, I don't know. I don't know, hon. She's just putting on her shoes. She says, all she said was, help me. Come on, we have to go. And Jeff, still sitting there with no visible plan to move, said, just call her Wanda and ask her what's wrong. There's no sense in us driving all the way out there until we know what's going on. So she calls her, picks up her phone. She says, I'm almost afraid to call. If she could have talked on the phone, she would have texted. She would have called. Something bad is happening, and the phone is ringing. And her daughter, Amanda, goes, hello? And she goes, what's wrong? And Amanda goes, what? What do you mean? And she goes, you just texted me. Help me. What's going on? And she goes, oh, no, you asked what song Sydney had been singing, and she was singing the song, Help Me. But she, uh, Wanda, she said, I laughed so hard because something about those two words, help me, triggered something inside of her that she, she was jumping out of her seat. I mean, if you were to text those words, like right now, to someone, say just the words, help me, uh, I think we would all be a little concerned, right? And if you think about how would we respond if our child texted those words to us, or our spouse texted those words to us, think about how God responds when we say, God, help me. I mean, he is literally riding on the clouds, doing everything that he can to get to us and aid us in the way that we need. The, the Bible says um, that he is our help and our shield. But in 2 Chronicles 2 and 33, this is really powerful because the psalmist, um, he or Saul, 2 Chronicles 2.38. This is what it says. It says, with him is an arm of flesh, referring to those armies of, the, um, of mankind. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And these are the words from Hezekiah the king who strengthened the people. 
And Psalm 20 says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And in Psalm 60, 11, it says, give us help from trouble for the help of man is useless. And something I've been thinking about lately is really we're getting to a day and age where this is so true. The help of man is useless in some of the situations that we're coming up against. I, I think about just kind of the wickedness that's happening in dark places around our world. I mean, we can feel it happening. We feel that there is kind of a, um, just an undergirth of evil things taking place in our world. And sometimes when we begin to think about that, all of a sudden it seems, well, what can man do? What can man do to combat these forces that are coming up against us? And the truth is, is that we truly need God's help. We need God's help. We cannot rely on the help of man. I actually woke up this morning to a text, and the first words of the text were, I need your help. And it was coming from um, Brother uh, Jim Poitras, our uh, short-term missions director, he was sending out requests to a lot of people in the organization requesting prayer for an upcoming conference that they're having this weekend. But just reading those words, it just struck me, I need your help. It can be so powerful, such a powerful phrase. But in Psalm 3 and 2, David tells us that this is what the heathen are saying to him. It says, many are saying of me, there is no help or no salvation for him in God. Many are saying of me, there is no help, no salvation for him in God. When the world sees that we put our trust in God, we put our hope in God, it is totally confusing to them. They're looking at us and saying, what? Why would you, why would you put all of your, your eggs in one basket? Why would you dedicate everything to God and say that he is your help? That's ludicrous. And David is kind of letting us know that there is going to be this kind of um, sometimes us trusting in the help of God is not going to make sense to those around us. It is going to look somewhat crazy. Why would you trust in him in the middle of this? Really, that's kind of how, it, how I would say it's happening right now. Um, things are kind of getting very chaotic and in, in building up to this upcoming election. And I think... If we're not careful, we can buy into that panic mentality yes. that, wow, this is either a hopeless situation or this is, yes, yes, go ahead. Oh, yeah, this is a helpless situation, but I guess I just have to remember that our help really comes from him. And even if it doesn't make, make sense, we can trust in him even in the most chaotic of times, basically. Yes. This, uh, just with the COVID situation yeah. and being stuck home with my kids. Just with um, just the whole racial issue, yeah. uh, it's just mind boggles me, and it kind of just brings me just like bleh, down. Yeah. And then I have, then I remember, you know what? I do have all my eggs in one basket. Yes. And oh, <laughs> yes. And then I go, that's right, Lord. You know, whether whatever happens, either way, you are on the throne. Yes. yes. And so sometimes I just have to. Everything. It's just stressful. Yeah. And it just, and then it's just so sad and depressing. And yeah. Yeah. It's. But you're, it's you're true. Eggs in one basket. It's just sometimes I have to think that. Yeah. Boy, that's what it is. I just have my eggs in this basket, and 
Yes. The Lord is holding it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's true. It's true. Or maybe they're boiled eggs. You never know. Um, but it's like, it's true. There's this, sorry? They've been baptized in boiling water, baptized in, in the hottest of water. And, and really, you know, that's, that's what um, I think this, a lot of what 2020 is this year. We don't want to, I know we're not going to overdwell on it, but I, I remember Sister Marlene at the beginning talked about bringing depth to us in our walk with God. And I think that that's so true. There's a new depth of trust. There's a new depth of, hey, you know what? God has got this under control. And again, there are ways that we can help. It's just that we can never get to this point where we feel helpless, like we cannot do anything and God cannot help the situation because it's totally contrary to the, what the word of God says. I, I again, uh, pointing, I'm sorry to bring it back up. Maybe I just watched too much Disney when I was younger, but when I, I remember the Lion King, has everyone seen the Lion King cartoon? I'm sorry if you haven't, but there's a point in, in the epic and basically every action story where it looks like the good guy is going to get defeated. We talked about that. But in The Lion King, there's this famous scene where Simba and Nyla wander into the elephant graveyard. They're not supposed to be there. And sometimes we get ourselves into helpless situations because we put ourselves there, right? We've gotten to a place where we're like, wow, I am so overwhelmed. And I have literally, like, you know, I haven't talked to God in weeks. And now I just feel so, like, so far away from his presence. And really, I, I this picture just kept coming to my mind of Simba and Nyla in the elephant graveyard with the hyenas and it's so dark and it's so scary and Mufasa told them never to go there you know but there they went right and that's basically like we are right as children it's like tell us not to go somewhere and that's where we go right it's as soon as it says not to but the hyenas are surrounding these two little lion cubs and it looks like all hope is lost and these hyenas are mocking them they so said, who's going to come get you now, you little lion? And he tries to, he tries to roar, and it comes out as this little squeak, you know. You know and they, they, the hyenas are laughing at him and mocking him. And then he tries it again, and all of a sudden they hear this huge roar. And it's because Mufasa has come, you know. And we, like, love Mufasa. He's, like, the dad of all dads. He, he takes charge. He, he throws the hyenas away, and he says, you know, he saves his children. He gives them a good reprimanding, but he saves them. And it just reminds me again that when we call on him, we are his children. We're not just, you know, his, we are his servants, but he, he is our father. He is the one that we can run to when we need help. In Psalm 22, it says, may he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. And just so you know from this, I had to pick and choose scriptures because there's so many that talk about how much a help God is to us. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength. I love this. A very present help in trouble. Amen. And I love that because it tells us that even when we are, I, I've heard stories of people being driving down the street and, and all of a sudden a car's about to hit them and you hear them say, Jesus. And somehow or another, the car straightens out or that person swerves to the other left. And in just that split second, I'm sure we've all had moments like that where in a split second, Jesus came to our aid. He was there right and ready to help us in our, uh, in our trouble. And I remember falling off that scooter and I just, it, it was like in a second, so many emotions that I can understand why sometimes people feel fear. I actually feel that sometimes with when I'm around cats, actually. There's almost like a... Um, uh, I got attacked by a cat once. That's another funny. That's another funny story. Uh, it's a funny story, right? 
But now, even to this day, cats, I'll see one and I, I'll just freeze. I'm just so afraid that it's going to attack me or something's going to happen. They are either. We have two sides of the camp on that one. But, um, but we, I think that the truth is, is spiritually and emotionally, we can have moments like this where something comes, something comes on our desk at work or we hear some very tragic news or, you know, I'm pretty sure even just this year, there have been moments in time where we have thought to ourselves, am I going to make it through this? Is this something that, I, you know, how, how, how do I overcome this? I mean, I have had moments where it felt like it was just so heavy on me that I thought, I, I'm helpless. I'm helpless. What do I do? And um, reading these scriptures, I re- started just reading them one after another and realizing that I know there is a what to do in those moments of feeling helpless. We run to our help or we call on our help and he is present. In Psalm 46, 5, it says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. In Psalm 42 and 11, it says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. I love this. He is the help of our countenance. The message version puts it a little bit more, I guess, direct. It says, Why are you so down in the dumps? Why are you crying the blues? Fix your eyes on God. Soon, I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. And really, when we start to to fix our minds on the truth of God's word and how, how much he can help us in time of need, he puts a smile on our face, puts joy in our hearts. And it's not just a, you know, a theoretical God helps me. Uh, there have been moments in time where just a prayer, where you settle your mind on what the word says. I've had scriptures that have, I feel like kept me throughout the day. Like I could not have made it throughout the day unless I was just holding on to one scripture. I mean, his word, it gives us strength and nourishment. And anytime we call on him, he's available to us. Yes. Amen. Um, I was just thinking how some people tell me like, oh, you believe in God because like, it's an encouragement. Mm. I, I go, well, there, there's like um, songs, there are quotes that can be inspiring, but nothing like the Bible. Right. Yeah, it's so true. It's settled in heaven. It's like there. Yeah, (laughs) the word of God is powerful. And uh, did you did you have a comment? No, I thought I saw someone's hand. Yes, I do. Um, It says, uh, "Fix my eyes on God." Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, soon I'll be praising again. Well, it reminds me of my kids when they were trying to learn how to ride a unicycle. And they were riding a unicycle, and they're looking all the way around, and they're trying to pedal, and they're looking down this way. I said, no, 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 look straight ahead. And when they were able to look straight ahead, that's when they were able to ride. And it's us, when we look at the cross, instead of what's going on around us, we 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 can do it. Yes, yes, absolutely. We lose our, we lose our balance when we, when we don't keep our eyes fixed on him and on his word. And um, Isaiah 50 verse 7 says, For the Lord God will help me, 
Therefore, I will not be confounded. I will not be confused. You know, when you get confused, something comes on your plate and you're like, God, I don't know how to, I don't know what to do with this. The Bible says that he is our counselor. It says that he is, he can help us. I mean, it's amazing um, the wisdom that God can bring into your life when you come up against a, a situation that is difficult. And even family, family situations, things that are very unique and difficult to traverse, you know, I've seen God just give incredible wisdom through his word people um, a word fitly spoken right just at the right time and this is what it says is therefore I have set my face like a flint or basically I've set my face like a rock and I know that I shall not be ashamed there have been times where I have felt helpless but simply remembering God is my help you can set your eyes straight and say you know what I'm not quite sure how this is going to work itself out but I am determined and set your face like a rock anybody can give me a rock face it's just like yeah, that's his sister really says she's got like a stone face. Like, you know what? It's it's speaking about yeah, look at she's got like a stone face, right? She's yeah. But it's 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 almost like there's a determination that we can settle in when it says, okay, this is what the word says. It says he will help me. So therefore, you know what? I'm not gonna worry. I'm not gonna stress. I'm not gonna be confused. I'm just gonna set my face like a rock. And I'm going to keep moving forward. And honestly, I think we've all had to have moments like that where we're like, yep, everything's crumbling, but you know what? I'm moving forward. And, and really, that is the grace of God helping us move forward. But that's one of the ways sometimes we have to, we pull through. And, um, but I think one of the things that uh, kind of got me the most was in Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8. Uh, something that I've kind of written in the notes of my Bible is instead of, instead of the you from Psalm 121, I try to insert it with the word my because it really has helped me. David is telling, he says, I will lift up my eyes to the hill. And then he poses this question, from where does my help come from? And then he gives, it's a rhetorical question, really. He says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow my foot to be moved. He who keeps me will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade at my right hand. The sun shall not strike me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve me from all evil. He shall preserve my soul. The Lord shall preserve my going out and my coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Isn't that powerful? When we have these moments in our day, and I'm, I guess I'm really speaking to the day-to-day -day of how... Um, I just feel like we, we, we wrestle sometimes with these thoughts that, you know, I just can't do it, or I'm not capable enough, or I, I don't know how the situation is going to be figured out. And the scripture is here just telling us over and over again, God is going to keep you. And there is a way to stop those negative thoughts from intruding your life. You can learn to control your thoughts. Yes. You can learn to take your thoughts captive. And over the past month, I've had a few days just where I've felt this lie creeping back up into my mind. Wow, you're so helpless, Corey. It doesn't even matter if you vote. It doesn't even matter if you pray. Like, you, this is just a hopeless situation. This is all crashing down on us. I mean, I know that's wrong. I know that's a lie. But that is sometimes what is popping into my head. Does that make sense? Like, I'm, it, it's like, I know that's not true. And so I've been praying that prayer. God, I bring every thought in captivity to the obedience of Christ. 
Christ and I'm speaking what the word of God says. It says that you're going to help us, that you set up rulers and you take rulers down and that you are in control of what takes place for your church. Like we are not on just some, you know, rickety rowboat and it's going to go wherever the waves. No, God has a set course for his church. And when we pray in alignment with his word, things are happening in the spiritual and we do have help. Now, one of the things that I find as I'm studying help is that once we recognize, hey, we have help, there's a distinct change that takes place in us. All of a sudden, our countenance changes, and all of a sudden, we begin to pray. We begin to pray in such a way that we get in alignment with his word. Um, and it's not just that God um, helps us just by who he is, because he does. He's always moving and working in ways we cannot see. But the Spirit, the Bible says that the Spirit helps us. In Romans 8, 26 through 27, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And I found a few, there's just been a couple times where, you know, you you go to pray and you're like, I don't even know where to start. (laughs) Seems like there's a long list of things that I could be praying for. But um, uh, I think that this usually comes upon us the most when we are a little bit maybe confused. And, And I found that there are times where something's bothering me. I'm not quite sure what it is. And again, it's almost like, have you ever heard someone say, um, it's a phrase that you say, uh, I think I wrote it down. There are times when we need help, but we don't even know what kind of help that we need. Yeah. Does that make sense? Where we're like, wow, something is off, something is wrong. I'm woke up with all sorts of weird emotions, um, and I just don't feel right. I don't feel like myself. Something's off, something's going wrong. I mean, I, I battle this on some days. Not every day, but there are days when I wake up and it's like, things are just upside down <laughs> as soon as you wake up. And um, when we get into those places where we're like, I need help and I don't even know what we need, the Bible says the Spirit begins to help pray through us, making intercession for us. The other thing, Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God can give us incredible grace to move through situations that seem completely unmovable. He can give us grace to walk through scenarios that we just never thought we could ever handle. And I think, again, I think we've probably all been there this year. You probably never thought you could do what you're doing, but we are doing it, not by our own might or our own strength, but because God's grace is enabling us to move forward in this very uncertain time, Um, looking toward the future, even when it's so uncertain and bleak, we can have that hope. And you know what happens is people look to us and say, why are you so hopeful? Why are you so joyful? Don't you see that everything is just a mess? And you can say, but we have this blessed hope. We have this assurance that we have help and that we have hope in Christ. And um, I was reminded of the story of Esther because there was a point when, you know, Mordecai brings her the news and says, hey, Esther, like, don't you know that you and all the Jews are going to be destroyed? Like, haven't you heard the news? You're going to die. You better do something. And she, she says, well, I can't do anything. The king hasn't called me into his presence. So if I go in there, there's a chance he could cut off my head, right? I, you know, technically, if that golden scepter doesn't come out. 
But we see her step out and come boldly before his throne. And what does he do? He responds with grace. And he says, Esther, what would you like up to half my kingdom? I really think that God is just sometimes just waiting for us to say, hey, I'm right here. Ask me for help and I'm ready to give it to you. Do you know what I'm saying? But lots of times we're just like going on our own way, you know, like, yeah, we can do this. Yeah, I know, you know, there's a royal decree that we're all going to be killed and it's no big deal, right? No, there's this, 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 this availability to us that I don't even think we're tapping into most times. We have so much resources and riches of his grace that are available to us that literally at just the mention, God, I need your help. I really believe those words are so powerful. They are so powerful. And sometimes, you know, when I'm trying to get the point, you know, some, <laughs> I used to do this thing and I'm trying to not how to do it. Where just like, I kind of act like I need help, but I don't ask for help. Do you guys ever do that? I, I, I do that a lot sometimes. I'll just be like, oh, you know, I've got so much to do today. Just waiting for someone to be like, Corey, can I help you? You know, <laughs> but I'm learning now. It's better just say, hey, I could really use some help. And you know what? Everybody wants to help. Everybody's ready and willing. But, you know, sometimes it looks like you've got it all under control, you know, but really. And, and that's how it works. When we say, God, I need your help. He said, Man, I've been ready and willing. Just don't want to invade because it looks like you've been doing this on your own, you know? And um, it's amazing the help that we have through his grace. And lastly, and I think most importantly, we are the church, which means that we have help one for another. In Romans 10, 12, 10 through 13, as I close, it says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to, preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Paul is telling us that as the church, we are here to help one another. We are a family together. And, and, and um, I know mom was telling me about her lesson on Sunday, but it was from Galatians. It was talking about bearing one another's burdens, helping one another. This is what we, we the church is the most powerful agent on this earth. I truly believe that, and we are here to help one another. So think about the things that we have. I guess something is funny. Um, Think about the things that we have. Not only do we have God as our help and our shield, protecting us and keeping us through times of trouble, but we have his spirit working in us, helping us when we don't know what help that we need. We have his grace helping us, giving us strength in situations that we could never possibly go through on our own mentality. I'm pretty sure that if we if we started a list here of everyone here and the things that they've been through, by all statistics, you should be in a loony bin. Do you know what I'm saying? Like by all statistics, you should be like somewhere else, but the grace of God kept you, preserved you and helped you. And then we have one another as the church helping each other and helping them in times of need. And I'll just end with this kind of probably the first time um, this year I started feeling helpless was actually when I was in China and the the news of the coronavirus had just started. I was like, man, this is really bad luck (laughs) to be over here when all this is happening. I shouldn't say bad luck, but I mean, I just really was so confused. I was sitting in the, uh, I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting on this very hard mattress because all the mattresses in China are like rocks. (laughs) And I just was like, gosh, what am I gonna do? Like uh, President Trump had made an announcement that they were gonna close the border. And I was like, oh, wow. I could be, I, I could be, I could be stuck here. And uh, I mean, as much as I love Asia, I was like, this does not look like a good, good scenario for me. Um, and so, but I, I just remember feeling like a wave of 
helplessness flush over me. I mean, I, I, I'd never felt so helpless in my life. It was so incredibly. And I just remember I, you know, Angie was, uh, she was, t- it was in the morning. She was taking a shower. We were about to go to this conference and I'm thinking, I want to get on a plane and come back to America. And, um, and I just remember, you know, I had to kneel down and I just, I had to pause and say, you know what, God, I, you, you there's no way you're going to just leave me. <laughs> and drop me, right? You know, there's just no way. I know that you can help me. And it's amazing in that moment where really I felt like I was on the brink of panic mode, right? And I was about to go speak at a conference. I was like, I don't really want to be here, but I'm here to talk to you guys. You know, it's like not a good scenario. Very fearful, very panicked, very helpless, right? And I just felt this, the, as, I, as I reached out to him and probably, I don't even think I said anything very intellectual or very helpful. I just said, God, I really need help. I don't know what to do. Please tell me what to do and please help me get home and and so forth. And it's amazing just just the presence of God washing over me in that little hotel room over in Hong Kong on the other side of the world. God heard me. God cared about me and he kept his hand upon me. Thank God for my parents and people that helped me along the way, but he just I just remember that feeling of helplessness went away as soon as I just said, "God, I need your help." And I knew that he was there. I knew that he was going to help me. I got back up. I was like, okay, <laughs> whatever happens, happens. It's just that stone face, you know, <laughs> we're going to move forward, right? And, and, and just amazing how he can help us in times of need. And I'm learning more and more that you do not have to, you do not have to settle on those thoughts when they come into your mind throughout the day. And if you can recognize them, that this is a lie. I am not helpless. I can make it through the situation because of the grace of God. He is, you're going to save yourself from so much worry, so much stress, so much disappointment. He is our help and our shield. And that is me. I'm going to have you stand. <laughs> and uh, we're going to pray. Just ask the Lord to be with us. Thank you for being so attentive and listening. Um, let's pray today. Ask God to just help us throughout the rest of the week and to keep this word in our hearts and help us identify those thoughts when they come into our mind. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much, God, that you are a help and a shield to us, God. I believe, Lord, that you are helping us in ways we don't even understand. And God, I pray that you would bless every soul that's in this house, that as they go throughout their days, these next few days, God, that you would just keep them, Lord. Let this word settle into their hearts. It would grow in them, God, and help them in times of need. We thank you, Jesus, because you are so good to us, so gracious, and we thank you that we are not helpless, but that our help is in you, and we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Oh, we're clean.